God Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. It is my final get-together with Russell of the year, although the space-time continuum where we recorded the annual review of the year yesterday means you'll get another episode from us in the future. So that's just to blow Russell's mind. I I don't know where to start. My brain's already melted, I'm afraid. I'm your host, Anne Griffith. I've got a Santa hat on, but uh, Dan Jackson in the gallery banned me from wearing my Christmas earrings and jingly jangly Christmas sweater because of the noise interruption. So he is ever the professional, whereas I'm clearly slightly demob happy. Russell, the Daily Mirror's royal editor who joins us today, is looking fabulous in a very questionable jumper in his sort of best Mr. Darcy <laughs> impression. Festive. It's a, It's a... It's a designer festive jumper. I don't know where I've acquired this from. <laughs> a bargain about, bucket. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know where it's I've got it from. Anyway, bucket. I'm being Any- festive. Good. Getting in the, in the spirit. Getting in the spirit. So, lots to talk about today because we had that um, glorious little flurry when the Royals could be out and about and the Cambridges definitely made the most of it uh, following up their train tour with a trip out into Theatreland, although London is now all shut down again. We've been put up to tier three, so no pubs, even with a substantial meal. Devo for, well, Devo for the pubs, never mind for us. That's the, that's the thing. Um, Devo for everybody. Devo for everybody. So all the all best wishes to everybody working in the hospitality industry, because this would obviously normally be Christmas party central and all of that, but not this year. So Pantoland we've got to talk about, and then there's some exciting news from Meghan and Harry's world, which we'll be talking about. And uh, oh yeah, Prince Andrew has reappeared again, sort of. What's he up to? Wow. Well, not a lot. No. <laughs> that's the that's the problem. No, but it, well, the, the raking over of the past has reappeared. So we will we will go back in go back in time again a little bit later on but first let's start with the jollity and joyousness that was the cambridge's trip to pantaland at the london palladium so kind of a reimagined pantomime situation with proper red carpet all three small children charlotte no daddy i'm not going to hold your hand although she did you know kind of cling on to his leg once once they got up to the end of the red carpet Louis looking up at in sort of wide-eyed wonder at the man that was that was chatting with them at the end of the red carpet when they arrived I mean it was thoroughly thoroughly adorable Louis is getting so big every time I see him I remember I mentioned this in the space time continuum about one of my favorite moments of the year or maybe i shouldn't even say is about you know when he had the rainbow hands i just thought gosh he's so big and then seeing him at the panto land i mean he's only two and a half or something isn't he he's just he's just giant but he's just um i I thought the the kids showing up at the red carpet for the first time was just joyous um charlotte not wanting to hold daddy's hand was hilarious George looking a little bit sheepish, although they sort of settled into it after they took their seats. But uh, this was kind of the the uh, the end of the royal train tour. I think it was sort of to say they've been saying thank you to all our heroic key workers, all our NHS staff, care care workers, all over the royal train tour. Great success, even though there were a couple of dissenting voices in the regions. But overall, very very joyous, very lovely. And this panto put on for the key workers was a, just a lovely, lovely celebration. And it's just so terrible that the pantos can't and the theatres can't stay open now that we're in sort of tier three and, you know, possibly going to go into another lockdown in, Jan- in January. But that's that's too much of the space-time continuum no, for my that's, brain title. That's a future problem. So I just, yeah, really lovely, really great. You know, the message that the Cambridges, Cambridges have been really hammering home all throughout the coronavirus crisis is our care workers, all the key workers, NHS staff, just deserve all our praise and thanks. They're still battling. They're going to have a really tough time in the new year, one would imagine. And, um, and it was just a way of saying, you know, thank you. There's some nice pictures inside of them, so, you know, sitting up there in their box, looking out at what was what was going on, and in their masks and things. And I think, you know, in terms of it being a thank you to the the workers, 
there's also a little bit of saying, oh, it's, it's quite like um, probably for a lot of parents when they go, they go away on a business trip and have to be away for a couple of days and then they come back and they treat the kids to, to something a little bit special. And this was clearly something a little bit special for, um, for George and Charlotte and, and Louis as well. And so, I mean, we sort of joking about Charlotte not wanting to hold daddy's hands and things. And then, you know, it, it, you could hear like the flash, flash, flash of the, of the cameras as they were going down the red carpet. I don't know whether some people were like, why didn't they stop so that they could have a proper picture? But, you know, it's just like, it must be so weird when you're a small child and you are getting yeah. all of that sort of flashing. I mean, it's, it's weird enough for the celebrities. So it, it, I don't know, you almost got a sense of the Charlotte. It's like, no, I'm a grown up, I can do this. And then she got to the top and she was like, no, actually I do want my dad. I often think that about sort of when, how, when, you know, when do they explain to them about their obviously very, special position and about the fact that people do take photographs of them and I remember when it was I think it was Louis christening when do you remember when Charlotte said to the photographers you're not coming in <laughs> do you remember when they were leaving yeah. the church and I think gosh they must they must have quite a lot to deal with for a sort of a young mind and they're, they're probably used to it by now aren't they they're obviously the photographers are there when they went go to school for the first time they probably realise that they, they do get special treatment. And I think the William and Kate obviously explain it quite well to them because they do seem quite quite rounded. I th- in the in the Attenborough video, I was very impressed with them as well. That they they they, they just they just seem quite mature for even small kids, really. They seem to handle it quite well. And you know, Pantoland was a delight in itself, and we thought it was sort of all done and dusted. And then, and then came the video with William and Kate narrating their sort of adapted. Was it was the night before Christmas? Was the this? night before Christmas? Yeah, this was. I, I actually really liked. I think you know what? I was a bit disappointed we didn't get a picture or a sort of a footage of them in the video. That's probably the only thing that I thought it was missing, but, but it was very, very them, sweet. Russell. It isn't about them. It was about the elves, of course, and the and the and the lovely children being given their Christmas presents. However, that was quite special. So before Pantoland, all the kids that have come, all the the kids from uh, their parents and guardians were were key workers that had been given free tickets to Pantoland on behalf of the National Lottery. And beforehand, all of them had been asked sort of what they wanted for Christmas. And Kate and William organised with Hamleys, the world famous toy store in London, for them all to get a Christmas gift. And if you haven't checked it out, which I'm sure lots of people will have, but it's on their on their uh, social media profiles. And they did sort of this video about it was the night before Christmas, all the key worker kids being asked what they wanted for Christmas, and then all the elves running from the panto to Hamleys, stripping the shelves, and then giving the kids all the presents. It was rather lovely. It's it has all the kind of you know Christmas movie just like all of that nice sort of festive twinkly snow and elf silliness and making you feel lovely. warm and fuzzy it was yeah, very warm nice and, warm and fuzzy I, you know i got it was maybe a little bit sort of i don't know oh god i'm clearly getting soft in my old age i was maybe a little bit <laughs> emotional very very cute um well even but, i thought it was very sweet so maybe i'm getting going soft as well <laughs> Clearly, being a daddy has changed you, Russell. Yeah, <laughs> you right up. Oh, your little one will have you wrapped right around their oh, little. Oh, can you imagine? Sure. I know. I know. So, um, before we carry on, though, we're going to hear from some other special children. Um, it is not the little Cambridges, but it is the year one or some of the year one class at um, Lowther Primary School in Barnes, which is um, quite near where I where I live in southwest London and I spotted on Twitter some really very sweet pictures that they had shared of um, of their letters that they had written to the Queen and looking thoroughly delighted at the letter that they had got back from the palace as well so I wanted to speak to them a little bit to find out what's what they decided to write to the queen about because we're doing a project on the environment which we know and we have talked about a lot this year and is a big thing for the royal family so they decided to write to the queen about the environment and uh, i wanted to hear i guess why they why they wrote to the queen and what it was like getting a reply back when you're like five or six years old and you're doing this in class with your teacher so um they are our youngest ever guests it was it was great fun. Thank you very much to Mrs. Sandiman for organising it all. And, you know, we let's, let's hear what they've got to say. <laughs> What's your name? My name is 
My name's called Layla, Layla. and I'm six years old. Well, nice to meet you, Layla. <laughs> and you have a very special letter to read for us today, don't you? Yes. Milo was actually a narrator in our nativity recently, so he's going to do his biggest reading voice now. Are you ready? Dear children, the Queen has asked me to thank you for your letters in which you tell Mayor, Her Majesty Her Majesty about your concerns concerns regarding the effects of this carded plate plastic on main marine marine life and their wide environment. Well done, excellent. And then the next paragraph says, although the Queen's position as a constitutional sovereign precludes her from intervening in such matters, careful note has been taken of your comments. And then it says, Her Majesty was encouraged to hear of your wish to protect the environment. And you may also be interested to know that the Queen has introduced a policy to reduce the amount of plastic used across the royal estates. And then finally, I am to thank you once again for your thoughtfulness in taking the time to write as you did and would like to send my good wishes to you all of the future. Yours, Yours sincerely. Yours sincerely. Mrs. Mrs. Dale Bone. Dale Bone, the correspondence officer at Buckingham Palace. Oh, well done, Milo and Layla. That was lovely. Thank you for sharing the letter with us. And now we're going to talk to some of the other children about writing why she wrote to you in the first place. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Oh, thank you. Thank you, kids. So natural. So natural. <laughs> um, right. That was great. Well done. Right. So here we go. We've got... Um, some other children here to read, to give you some answers to questions. Maybe if I pat you on the head, do you want to say your name and your age? Are you ready? Really loud. My name's Frankie and I'm five years old. My name's Luke and I'm five years old. My name is Ryan and I'm five and a half years old. My name's Eloise and I'm five and a half years old. My name's Alexa and I'm five and a half years old. I'm Lily and I'm and I'm five years old. Oh well, welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I think you are our youngest ever guest. So thank you very much to Mrs. Sanderman for bringing you onto our show, which is it's sort of like a radio, really. We just um, we talk to people all around the world, and I saw that you had written a letter to the Queen, and I thought. That was really interesting and I wanted to hear some more about it. So can one of you tell me why you decided to write to her? Why did you write to her? Why did you write to the Queen? Because I think she's very nice and I also think she's very sensible too. Very sensible. What were we learning about at the time? Which what was our we topic? We were learning Charlie and Lola. Yeah. And they they wanted a school tree, so they they got a picture of a tree, and then they had to fill a hundred leaves on the tree, and we did that. And then at the end, when they've done that, they got us a new school tree. That's right. We were learning all about the environment, weren't we? And Charlie and Lola in the book called Look After Your Planet by Lauren Child. Um, in that book, they had to collect 100 leaves and they had to do lots of recycling, didn't they? Yeah. And um, 
and their teacher gave them a leaf for each piece of recycling. Yes. And when they got 100, then they were bought a special school tree, and we did that. But then we had some complaints about the environment, didn't we? Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your complaints? You're worried about the environment. Maybe Alexa or Luca, what were your worries about the environment? What did you write about in your letter? Uh, to save the world. Oh. Wow. That's a good uh, that's a good thing to try and do. And what did what did the rest of you write to the Queen? What did you say to her in your letters? Go on, Alexa. Dear Queen, I What did you write in your letter, Alexa? Dear Queen. Tell the Dear Queen, I am Writing, writing to you, you because, because I want your help, help to stop um, throwing in rubbish clean safe and save me. Um, animals. animals. So one of the biggest concerns was that there was such rubbish. When we came to collecting our recycling, we found there was so much rubbish around, and the children were very worried about it, for the animals and the marine life, weren't we? Yeah. Throwing it in the sea. Mm -hmm. Frankie, can you tell us a bit about your worries about the planet? Mine should be please stop. The people throwing rubbish in the bin. In the bin? But it's okay to be throwing it in the bin. We were talking about landfill, weren't we? That was our big worry, was throwing it in landfill and the landfill getting bigger and bigger. We were very worried about it, weren't we? Mm -hmm. Well done, Frankie. Well done. And why, why is the environment so important, the environment and the planet? Um, because it helps the world and us breathe. Oh yes, that's a really important thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And when you wrote to the Queen, did you think you would get a reply back? Yeah. Yes. Did you? You thought she was... Yes. Because she's a, she's a nice person and she always replies to all of her letters. Yes. Why else did you expect to get a reply back? Um, because we needed to save the earth because we didn't want anyone um, making our environment more more da in danger. Okay, so you thought you'd write to the Queen about it? Yeah. And, yeah. and what made you think that she would reply to you? Because, because she... She's really sensible with her guards and gives them straight important ideas. Oh, good. Okay, and we did. We put our address on it, didn't we? And we wrote really yeah. formal letters. Yeah. Um, some yeah. of us even wrote sincerely at the end. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. we were oh. writing a really formal letter. So <laughs> yeah, they were really expecting a letter back. So we were really glad to get one. <laughs> And were you, what happened when the letter arrived? How did you find out you had a letter? Um, Miss Tanya, Miss Tanya br brought it into our classroom, and then we, and then we opened it, and then, and we didn't know who it was from, and then there was a crown. Yeah, there was then, a crown on it, wasn't there? Yeah, so we knew it was from her. Do you remember what I said? How I felt that day? Like. Like, um, you were a princess. I know, I said I felt like Cinderella getting posts from the palace that day. <laughs> we were so excited, weren't we? <laughs> oh, and that's lovely. And what what did you think about what the Queen said in her letter? Was it a good letter? Um, yes. yes. Can you remember the information about it? Because I'll read this paragraph again. I'll remind you, because this was the bit that we were very excited about. It says, Her Majesty was encouraged to hear of your wish to protect the environment. And you may also be interested to know that the Queen has introduced a policy 
to reduce the amount of plastic used across the royal estates. So do you remember what that meant? It meant that they're not going to use much stuff, that much um, plastic and bottles. That's right. And so they're cutting it down, aren't they? They're reducing yeah. it. Yeah. And we were really pleased that our letter had such a big impact. It was yeah. really, yeah. really impressive. And the children worked so hard on their formal letter writing. And, mm -hmm. and it's wonderful to see that when you write a letter to somebody important, then it does have such a big effect. So... That was a fun interlude this morning and made me also feel very festive. And I think we might have a little festive message from the children of Lowther Primary School that will um, sing you out at the end, which was very, very excellent. So thank you once again to them for joining us. Um, Russell, Cambridge's, we've seen their Christmas card. It has been leaked, as they say. Well, actually what has happened is it's been posted to people and the excited people have shared the Royal Christmas card on the social media because, like the children, they're excited to have something from the palace. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, they've, re they've released it today, officially, but we've obviously already seen it. Um, we, I've, we've come to expect these lovely Christmas cards from the Cambridges, haven't they? But Louis, Louis just steals the show in this one. Again, I'm just shocked about how grown up he is again. And then George smiling with his gap teeth, Charlotte looking mischievous. Um, it's very, very sort of country. They're sitting on a hay bale in a wood store. Uh, I think it's taken at Amber Hall um, a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, it formed part of these Christmas cards sent to all the key workers and a handwritten message from William saying, thank you for everything you do. I mean, very, very sweet, very, very nice. And also talking about Christmas cards, we got Charles and Camilla's Christmas cards today, which is very sweet, sitting amid lots of flowers. I've just sent it to you. Have you seen it? I've seen it and I was thinking, so it's very, very different. Looming marvellous. From the Cambridges. So the Cambridges, I really like it because of the sort of the family setting. But I think without Louis going slightly, you know, gangbusters really laughing about things it would feel a little bit sort of flat and christmas catalog it's quite brown i think is my feeling it's, like, it's very all the brown, brown logs it is yeah and they're all wearing quite sort of dark clothing no you know questionable christmas jumpers like yours or you know it's just a little bit this is not a questionable christmas <laughs> jumper it's very fashionable <laughs> as christmas jumpers go <laughs> well yes i was gonna say our fashion <laughs> christmas jumpers do very different things but uh, we've always long established that i'm not i'm not mainly here for my fashion expertise um but yeah the charles and camilla they are in surrounded by flowers and it's a throwback to the summer and some sunshine it is very nice it's what we're all hoping for it's getting very dark and miserable at the moment isn't it so it's it's very, very nice to see. Do you know Lots what else there are in there? There are some bees. And bees <gasps> are super important. So they're kind of in the foreground. So I quite like that. But um, And Charles looking at Camilla. Camilla looking at the camera. It's quite, a, you know, it's it's a setup. It's maybe they're like channeling Harry and Meghan where they do the one one looking at you and you one looking at them, one looking the other way. Taking some tips. Well, it was taken in the garden at Burke Hall in Scotland. So they were there over the summer. So yeah, it is quite an, a, an old picture, but it is very, very sweet, I think. It's, it's sort of giving us hope for the new year because we need some sunshine. I'm sick and tired of this dark and dreary weather. It's, when we were recording yesterday and it was very hilarious watching you, the lights fade and then you're just sitting in a darkened room. It was hilarious. Yeah, I forgot to turn the light on before we started. <laughs> it just gradually disappeared. Um, so, you know, yeah, so this is very nice and we'll, we'll, see, we'll see some more. So it's, I'm glad that the Cambridges have officially re released the photo because I know various royal fans were like, don't share it, don't share it everywhere because then they won't release it properly because, but anyway, it is here and we can enjoy it in all its glory. Um, Pictures that I have also particularly enjoyed in the last week, again, when people were being allowed out and about, Prince Charles at the Ritz, which we touched on briefly last week because it was coming up in the future. But they, it was, it all looked really quite jolly. It was, it was very nice. And, you know, again, devastating for the, the trip was, it was sort of a private trip, but they took for some photographs and we got some nice words about it to cover. Um, 
and just sort of giving a boost to the hospitality industry. We spoke last week, I think when I was accompanying them to the theatre, to the Soho Theatre, and then they went to the 100 Club, very famous nightclub in London. Um, And just giving that boost to the entertainment and hospitality industry, all these people have worked so hard to get everything ready for COVID and obviously their hopes have been dashed. I mean, it's just devastating. Um, and and hopefully we, they will be able to come back stronger next year. I just, everybody is desperate to go out and support these places, aren't they? Um, and I'm sure when we are back into some sort of normality, normality in the new year, I think you'll see a lot more of Charles and Camilla and William and Kate getting out there and supporting the hospitality entertainment industry like they were doing, you know, sort of in the autumn, summer, autumn, when Kate was going to the garden centre, William was going to the pubs. Get out there, support your local businesses because they will need our help and all of us. So basically we can all go to the pub and get and, and <laughs> just convince ourselves that we're doing it to help people. Oh, if you want to re-listen to this podcast over Christmas and play some form of, you know, either eating a piece of chocolate money every time Russell says the pub or, <laughs> or use it as some form of drinking game while drinking sensibly, obviously, please. Um, then, uh, you know, I think we have mentioned the pub quite my, a lot. This doing week. my duty as a responsible citizen to get the economy back on track. That's all Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Right. Well, what else has been happening? So yesterday, uh, yesterday our recording was a little bit delayed because there was the news dropped a little audio clip of the new Spotify podcast, Archwell Audio, which is... (laughs) Oh, my word. So Dan's been having fun with the effects box. (laughs) We had to listen to it, and that bit in the clip just mystified us, so we thought we'd borrow it for the show. Um, But uh, the Mirror revealed in the summer that they were in talks about having a big old Spotify deal and so it has come to pass indeed yeah well this was a Daily Mirror exclusive that Spotify were obviously going to sign them um, and we revealed it many months ago and now it's come to fruition I mean I'm trying to be impartial and I'm saying you know I think lots of people will look forward to it Um, I just thought the promo was a bit odd haunting my dreams yeah i mean i don't yeah. think there is target audience though i mean i think i would be i'm remiss i should have put up a, um, a question for our listeners to hear what they thought of of the um of the situation i mean clearly it's it's going to be you know on this sort of um there's sort of ordinary heroes thing that they keep talking about seems to seems to be the vibe and the, kind of the, the appearance that Megan did with her heroes TV thing on CN, CNN where there was I mean, maybe a pussy bow going on there that we saw her a hint, a hint of one a hint, was, a hint of one she's obviously was, been listening to the podcast yeah sort of more like a pussy tie rather than a pussy bow I think <laughs> <laughs> I, was, couldn't, I couldn't quite I couldn't quite allocate it the pussy bow tag but um well, what yeah. is interesting about this deal, and we've revealed today that this deal is worth thirty million pounds. Forty million dollars is what they've signed, and I believe it's a a, a three-year deal, and it's going to potentially be extended within six months. So it's obviously they've got a lot of ideas. They're going to interview some big guests. Who do we think the guests are? I mean, Oprah, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama. Um, you know, it will be. It will be interesting to to see what they come up with because it'll obviously be big guests they attract they will attract some big big names it will be about big issues which you know they've already sort of uh, stepped into the world of american politics i imagine it would be something like that big you know lots of it it will be good in terms of getting their platform for their issues girls education black lives matter there will be some really big meaty chunks for them to go for and I mean, Spotify is such a huge platform. I was looking into it yesterday. 320 million monthly active users. You know, biggest platform in the world alongside Netflix. They're raking the cash in, but they're obviously dealing with big, big platforms. Um, and obviously, it's a win-win, isn't it? Spotify get huge names for them. They attract the big, big names and then people flock to the platform. Oh, I did have one person replying on the one of our 
tweets about you know about the big deal it was already crossed with the amount of promotion that had appeared all over their spotify and they couldn't make couldn't make it disappear so who knows but i i'm not sure that it will be big guests or i'm not sure that it can be big guests all the time because if they're talking about compassionate communities they do need to they do need to find a way to get to sort of grassroots the grassroots side of things and become i don't know you know less less celeb land and but i don't know we'll, well, well no i think i think it will be them. yeah because there is reading between the lines yesterday they're they're going to do some stuff and then it's going to be other programs so they won't be just sort of hosting it every week so i think you you'll get all these sorts of special editions where they might have a big guest but then they'll they'll sort of do other projects or there'll be other hosts might be special guests Listen, it's going to be very, very interesting, whatever it's, it is. And we're, we're going to be talking about it and loads of people are going to be listening to it. Yeah, loads of people are. So I will um, share one comment that a listener sent over, which I thought was really interesting. So Ash Quinn, she's a bit concerned that essentially Harry and Meghan haven't quite grasped actually how podcasts necessarily fit into people's lives. Um, so she says, hi, guys, love the podcast. Can't wait for it every week. Thank you, Ash. That's always great to hear. So just wanted to drop a note about H&M's podcast announcement. I so want to get on board with their new life, but it seems with every announcement, there is something I find jarring. For example, I was reading the Mirror article, fine, fine, and then this quote from their statement, what we love about podcasting is it reminds us all to take a moment and to really listen, to connect to one another without distraction. It feels so out of touch. Do they realize that most people listen to podcasts while driving, doing housework, while at work, while they're busy doing all the things we all do in our busy lives, not sitting down, relaxing, and listening to podcasts, quote, without distraction? And that just really struck a chord with me because, you know, listeners who have got in touch on Instagram were ever saying that they listen while they're doing the gardening. I think that was a listener from Australia who's, sorry, I can't remember your name, but I remember hearing that very clearly or driving on the way to go swimming at a lake in America or driving anywhere just to sort of sort of get out or, you know, that, that sort of, it's, let's, let's face it, there's a lot of things going on in the world and actually having something where you can just listen. I mean, I, I tend to listen when I'm out running. That's my, that's my main podcast listening time. It's, it's. Yeah, do they were. yeah, driving, I suppose, driving around. I don't listen to podcasts at home, but yeah, driving, driving around. So we'll see. So that's that's about it. And I do also very clearly remember a message from one listener who whose name I mentioned on a show. He then replied to say, I nearly drove into a ditch when I heard my name. So I hope uh, <laughs> please do drive carefully. Please do drive carefully. Um, what do you think? Uh, my wife said that she thought that Harry has a hint of an American accent. Oh, yes, that was a bit weird. And then Megan finished it off by saying cheers. And I was like, hang on a minute. This was some kind of cult. And, hap and happy holidays. You know, this is, it's very contentious, this, because we wouldn't say happy holidays, but obviously in the States, it's Thanksgiving and then Christmas. It's the holiday season, isn't it? Well, it's, it is also uh, kind of the, the question of religious inclusivity or non-religious inclusivity as well. So people who True. celebrate the holiday season, but are not religious or, you know, sort of Hanukkah. So did you, you, did days. you pick up the, you picked up the American there was a, yeah, there was something where the he sort of went a bit, a bit, you know, when you're talking to someone who is American or you're, you're talking to someone who is from outside your normal circle and you realize partway through that actually you slightly changed how you talk or, you know, like it's not, if you're talking to somebody who's doesn't have English as a first language or, you know, your, your sense of speaking changes. I mean, this is not me saying that Americans don't have English as their first language. That's not what I'm saying, but it's a different, um, you just have sort of different modes of talking and you, mm. do, you do end up picking up that accent. So my, my grandmother's sister married an American and lived in lived in America for, I don't know, probably from when she was in her mid-twenties, I guess, until she died. And people in America still thought she sounded English, but to us, she sounded totally American. And if you do live somewhere else, you do pick up, you do pick up an accent. It'll be interesting to see, see how it evolves. But um, yeah, it will be, it will be interesting to see how, how the podcast evolves. Clearly some people are already, um, not very sure about it. Piers Morgan was quite rude about it this morning on breakfast telly, pretending to be sick in a bucket. But, um, well, he's, I mean, <laughs> Daniel, I Behave, mean, Dan. he, he is going to, 
I mean, he's going to say disparaging comments, whatever they get up to, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I can't say I'm excited about it, but it will. It will be interesting to see what they do. It won't be. It won't be for me. But then you're, you, you, as you rightly say, we're we're not the target market. But then maybe it will be. I, I do think if they do get Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, that would be that would be fascinating. But are they going to be asking the hard questions? They're not journalists. Well, I just don't want it to be, you know, if it's a really hard hitting, I mean, wouldn't it just be all fluffy word salad? That's what I'm sort of... Fluffy's okay, word salad less okay. But, I, yeah. you know, I think there's, you, you can't be, like, hard hitting all the time. Like, it, it becomes a bit like a sledgehammer. I think, I think the thing I think is quite interesting, you know, getting into podcasting, how long have I been doing? I've been doing this three years now, I think. And it's really fun. Gosh. It's really fun and you find new ways to do different things and opportunities to speak to people and have slightly unexpected conversations or it's it's quite um well you build a community and i think that that's what they are about doing they're doing aren't they they're building i mean archwell they talk a lot about it forming community community-led programs on netflix the podcast will be very similar so let's just watch this space i will i will reserve judgment let's let's put it that way and I think, so some people have questions, but what about, so Netflix have got their big deal and is there not a conflict here between the two of like essentially who's got the first, who's got first broadcast rights to the Sussexes essentially? Yeah, I mean, we don't even know what Netflix is because it's going to be a, a range of programmes about, I mean, it'd be fairly similar, I think, but I mean, they're just getting money thrown at them to just come up with ideas. What a life. Fair play to them. Oh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice it'd be I mean, right. I've got lots of ideas if anyone wants to throw me some money. But don't judge him on his jumper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Megan has been investing some money as well. She has. And this is with Clever Brands, the vegan coffee, vegan oat milk coffee, if you fancy, for 20, $28 a pop. For one you coffee? Get a, you, you get a, it's like a bag of coffee. And then you okay. get, and then you, and then you can frot it up. As Oprah Winfrey, one of the world's richest, most popular, uh, esteemed women, she, Megan, had roped her in to do a uh, Instagram post, which I think was quite contentious, to be honest, because in the UK, and I looked into this a little bit, um, that in the UK normally you have to qualify if you are advertising a product or whether somebody has got an association with a product and you would hashtag it spawn for sponsored or ad for advertisement. Um, and uh, Oprah neither had, had neither of those hashtags. And so she sort of dropped it in. If you haven't seen it, go to Oprah's Instagram page. Saying it may all be different in America because well, I think that's yeah, advertising yeah. standards authority. It is advertising standards ASA here. But it is fairly similar, but it's not as stringent in the US. However, she sort of said, my neighbour M, drop this coffee round, isn't it great? And then people at the palace weren't too pleased about the fact that, you know, there's, it was trading on the royal connections. Maybe Megan didn't have too much of a hand in what Oprah put on her own personal Instagram page. But the fact that she did an M with a crown is pretty much trading on one's royal connections, it could be argued. And that is part of the deal when they agreed to the divorce deal with the Queen and the senior members of the royal family, that they would be upholding the values of Her Majesty. And that's why they weren't allowed to use Sussex Royal, because it is basically cheapening the brand. And I think that they will get into hot water if, that, if, they, if this is what is happening. If you see sort of royal connections by hook or crook, that they are going mm. to be possibly in trouble. Yeah, my neighbour M is one thing with like a bit of nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Is it? Isn't it? You know, as there has have been in um, what was it the, the presents that had been sent for Archie that people were like, oh, that, that's definitely come from Oprah, but I don't think it was kind of ever specifically confirmed. But you know, when you stick when you stick a crown on it, it's not very subtle. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, again, I'm sure Megan didn't have a. Are you saying what Oprah puts on her own personal page? It just, um, you know, this is going to be part of the discussions when the 12 months review comes up, isn't it? About what sort of deals they're signing there. I mean, they're very, very busy at the moment. We're talking deals with, you know, invested, Megan's invested in this brand. Don't know how much, but she's obviously doing it 
for several reasons, obviously to help, as she said, uh, a fledgling business. Uh, she wants to back women-owned businesses, uh, which is very honourable. But obviously she's doing it not at the complete goodness of her own heart. She wants to obviously back a business to make money as well. Um, and, the, and then the Netflix deal, Spotify, um, whether she'll get a deal with Disney, Harry's doing stuff with Oprah and Apple TV. So, you know, there are lots and lots of deals to be discussed. And I think that um, it will all be part of the discussions when the 12-month review comes up. Interesting as well. Like, you know, all of these different means of being out there, whether they'll just end up a little bit overexposed and just become kind of everywhere. Mm. Well, they are going to be everywhere next year because they've had a very, very quiet year. And and certainly as soon as Archwell is launched in the spring... It's going to be uh, it's going to be everywhere, um, and then you know, podcasts, movies, programs, very very busy. <laughs> and that's just you. Um, <laughs> so, Her Majesty the Queen, like us, I mean, we're just like her at this time of year, making our plans of how we're going to address our people with our end of year messages. And you know, the Queen's uh, the Queen's mess Christmas message is an institution that um children were talking earlier about maybe watching it they maybe they'd be watching it on Christmas day um when we were chatting after the after the recording and sorry uh, so how old are these kids like five and six I mean to be fair it was the teacher that said that they may right watching it yeah it's interesting so they were with the kids when do you because we always used to watch it as a family. It's quite an institution isn't it that you'd all sort of gather around the TV and watch the Queen's speech and do people still do that? Probably not as much as they used to, but there's too much other distractions. Grown-ups can sit on the sofa and watch watch the telly and the kids can play with the toys on the floor and sort of watch the Mm. telly a bit Mm. and say, Mm. that's a nice Christmas tree. They were aware of it, Yes, the children. Interesting. Interesting. Awareness of it. Um, But what is happening with the Queen's Christmas message? Well, it has been delayed, apparently, because of the wranglings over Brexit and, uh, and we are still fighting ludicrous situation of trying to secure a deal to leave the EU uh, with only what we got days left uh, before we actually bomb out of the European Union and we still don't have a deal so Boris Johnson the Prime Minister has been over in Brussels trying to secure one and apparently the Queen has delayed her message because uh, she doesn't know what is going to happen because of Brexit and now listen I think we're going to see obviously something very similar, very heartfelt message, talk about community, being there for one another. There's the, uh, the, the awful business of coronavirus and how we've all had things to deal with. It will be evoking maybe similar sen- sentiments one would imagine that the Queen spoke about so passionately uh, throughout the summer, evoking that wartime spirit. We will meet again. We will be with our friends again. Hopefully, better times are on the horizon. So I think it will be one of uh, of hope and less despair. Well, Fingers we, crossed. We could all do with that. Um, well, I'm about to inject some despair back into it because what I was going to say is, eventually there is always a deadline, and you've just got to you've just got to produce the thing because everyone's expecting a Christmas message from the Queen on Christmas Day, and in the same way, you can't leave a blank page in the newspaper. You can't leave a was it a 15 minute slot in the middle of Christmas Day afternoon, and she wouldn't want to miss doing it. And the way the way things are going, she might not be able to do it until mid January anyway, and because they're, they're planning to backdate the deal or something. Was the latest thing I saw. So anyway, utter mayhem. So I would say to Her Majesty, just don't rely on other people and just get on and do it. And if you can't, um, if you're not quite sure what you can say about Brexit, don't say anything at all. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I imagine it will be about sort of coming together and still maintaining community, even though we are going to be experiencing a div- an unfortunate division um but yeah it'd probably be recorded this week uh, at windsor castle and then and then the queen is uh, is obviously spending christmas alone with philip and just you know a few dozen staff but not the big family christmas at sandringham because of the uh the, the, the government coronavirus restrictions on the on families mixing well, and also deciding that it wasn't a good idea, which is basically where the government's currently at, because they don't want to say don't do it, but clearly they think it's a bad idea. But anyway, yes. yeah. no, we'll not, we'll not get into that, because what, what I actually wanted to ask you was, do you know if they have like a contingency plan for like an emergency edit or <laughs> drop in or something? So the, back in the days when we used to be in the, in the office, sometimes we'd, you know, we'd have recorded the episode of the show we've probably done it here this year but who knows, <laughs> who knows? it's all a blur but um 
you know and then some big thing would happen we're like no we can't put the episode out without mentioning that and we just go in and record a quick little bit to to drop in like do they have a, a contingency for you know if something major happened or somebody died as a death well the, yeah obviously well who the palace or the, the bbc and well, broadcasters I mean, no well, i the guess more the, palace, more the palace because if if the queen feel or the palace feel like this this message now doesn't do the job anymore there's too much it you know it doesn't the mood has changed i mean probably <laughs> the country goes helpfully into semi-hibernation or semi-stupor um ahead of christmas time so generally less less changes but you know you are when you're recording ahead of time you are always taking that little bit of a risk of of what might might come or not as yeah as as happened when i got myself in a total pickle on the review of the year yesterday talking about talking about death yeah i mean no i mean they just leave it up to the the her majesty to decide when she wants to do it and it needs to be obviously done in good time and edited properly for the beaver to get to, to get hold of the production um and it's normally done way before now sort of beginning of december um, and the fact that it's been delayed is probably causing all sorts of headaches because there's all you know staffing issues and whatnot for the bbc to actually get um get hold of it so yeah it's probably put a few spanners in the works um i don't i, I think she obviously needs to write it and she obviously needs to consult her um, private secretary about what will be included in it. So she's leaving it up to last minute, which is, ha- which is when all the best work is done. <laughs> Absolutely. <Or> maybe <laughs> she's just having a big, big dilemma about wh- which pictures to include on the desk. And the, well, it will be all poured apart, you know, but we'll, we'll be pouring over it, won't we? Whether there's you know, one of Harry and Meghan or the Cambridges, as, as, as is normally the case. Oh, I wonder. Do you reckon they're trying to it'd be interesting? Because I know, I know, there's a lot of people who are like desperate to see updated pictures of Archie and and that kind of thing. And you know, it would be quite a nice way of being able to release a new picture of Harry, Meghan, and Archie, and to sort of show inclusiveness if it was included in the in the family surroundings but then i guess it depends whether we feel like that is a family surrounding or a work office from which she is speaking essentially it might mix the message of mm. they've gone yeah well i don't think it'll be that blatant i mean there'll probably be nods about family and keeping things close i mean you know i don't think it'll be about division it will it will be about community spirit and being looking after one another and being positive we need positivity we do however i'm going to go back to negativity i'm afraid because one person we can be 100 percent confident we will not be seeing in pictures on her majesty's desk is prince andrew yeah that's probably a given isn't it i mean lots of pressure still on prince andrew to give uh, an account of himself to the fbi how many more times are we going to keep uh, talking about it? I mean, we'll probably be still talking about it well into next year unless he is um, inking that date in his diary to, to speak to the US investigators. Certainly a year on from Panorama interview, we're no closer to resolving the situation. Uh, I spoke to a couple of lawyers this week who are representing women victims of, uh, of Jeffrey Epstein. They are obviously ploughing ahead with the uh, the the legal cases against his estate, Yelene Maxwell's big trial will be coming up next year. She's still languishing in a New York jail, and that will obviously uh, heap further further pressure on him. Um, one thing is for certain: the U.S. prosecutors are not going to let this go away, and it's definitely going to be very very interesting to see what uh, what avenue it takes next year. And there's been some new kind of re-examining of things and timelines. Well, there have been. I mean, yeah, and. And whether his, well, the the alibi that is falling apart uh, um, is is coming out from this uh, Daily Mail four part investigation that's been looking into uh, whether Prince Andrew attended the uh, this infamous Pizza Express in Woking that Princess Beatrice was um, at a party. I think it was in April two thousand and one, which is the same day that he was allegedly in Tramp nightclub dancing with Virginia Roberts. Um, there's at least you know two witnesses who have come forward to say that they saw him in that nightclub, and uh, and obviously he is denied he's been denied all the allegations in in front of him. But the Daily Mail have actually been 
questioning not only the alibi or when um, if he was actually picking up Beatrice from Pizza Express, but also the fact that he said that he didn't stay at Jeffrey Epstein's mansion um, in May 2001, where he is actually believed to have done so. Epstein wasn't at the place at the time, but they've been poring over his diaries and his schedule at the time when he was in New York. And there was a, actually a gap left for private time and that he stayed at a private residence, which is believed to be Jeffrey Epstein's house. So the issue is there are holes and inconsistencies or alleged holes and inconsistencies in his story and the accounts that he has given of his movements at different situations. So undoubtedly the investigators who are looking into Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell are going to want to be asking him all sorts of manner of questions. Well... That would be a I nice mean, Christmas present. It is. Yeah, a little yeah, phone yeah. call. But it's going to run and run, isn't it? It's gonna, not going to go away. And it's going to be, uh, I think the pressure is going to be heat on him in the new year. Um, so, Russell, this is um, our last recording before Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. What are you, what's, what happened? No, it's not Christmas Eve. That's next week. I've got lost in the space time. You are. You're, you're, you're frying it's, my brain. Or this again. is going to be coming out on Thursday, which is my last day of work before Christmas. And then I'm back in for a few days between Christmas and New Year. To, so it, I'm doing the opposite. I'm having time off after Christmas. I'm working right up until Christmas and I'm having some time off afterwards. But I'm sure we will catch up. Um, another year. Another year gone. What a bizarre time. Do you have a little Christmas message for our listeners, Russell? I just think, you know what, I have learnt a different level of patience and to about community, and I spoke about it in our end-of-year roundup yesterday, about I've made friends with the butcher, the postman, the people in our local shop that I probably, you know, didn't... was always rushing around, being busy busy doing nothing most of the time but just about taking some time out to reflect on what's important and I really have taken that away this year so I just think next year is going to be full of good times hopefully and I can't wait for the pubs to open again (laughs) (laughs) eat all of your chocolate now (laughs) Um, well Russell thank you that has been great Um, I look forward to our our future review of the year which is already done Um, and this has been the one constant every week that I've really enjoyed getting together with you and Daniel thank you Daniel and and I hope our listeners have (laughs) our listeners have enjoyed it as much as I have yeah no well um so that's it we are back on we are back on christmas eve the podcast is not going away um so we're back on christmas eve with a very special episode with a little bit of barbados sunshine and a little bit of a spotlight on the commonwealth which i'm really excited to bring you i think it's a really interesting listen hopefully so i hope you'll be able to enjoy that with your i don't know last minute present wrapping maybe keep your company through that or through the washing up after the christmas dinner whatever suits and then new year's eve our um our review of the year lands and then we'll be back in January start making plans for what we can bring you in the new season so as ever if you do have um, suggestions for us of things you'd like us to look into then we will do our very best or send us your questions and we will um, we'll do that but uh, to play us out today um, we have got a slightly different message because while we will say until next time pod save the queen we also need to wish you all a very merry christmas We